The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. I am Roscoe Tim Toscobble, a half-elf rogue, and I miss Grace terribly uh, when I have time to miss her between hiding and stabbing. This is Sir Colvick Darkseed, half-orc cleric, and I'm really wondering, whatever happened to Hot Carl? Melvin Hardmeat, High Elf, Wizard, son of Philip Demetri, son of Gillisir, Master <laughs> of the Free Company, Defender! Of his enormous manhood, a shining example of chivalry and champagne. Previously on the very fucking good adventuring team. Can we swear? On a 14, he just fucking shoves this beggar off the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Cartwheels off of it. You're forced to make a sharp turn to avoid colliding with something impassable. There's another tube car. This just bridge is lousy with tube cars. Give me a DC 10 dexterity saving. Why don't you create it? What, what else? Is, what, what is it besides a tube car? We've already had two of those. I'm going to dash. I was about to say hover tape. Hover tape. You could hover tape. <laughs> <laughs> you begin to hover tape. <laughs> That's a good word. I'm going to dash. The Duke of Gotham is stunned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on my turn, Journeyman I think, hobo. Uh, on my turn, I think we're going to try to pick him up and take him with us. He deserves a better life than this. Oh, Bonius Verne, sounds like an, an author. Whether my intentions were good or not, I'm going to actually throw him on my back. I'm going to attempt an acrobatics check. Huzzah. That'd be a 22, a natural 20 on that one. Oh, man. You spring into the air, shoulder, like, plant on one of the fighting bums and spring your way over to the other side of the fight, and you're able to take your full 10 feet of movement. Cool. Mitchell is stunned. Copeland is not stunned. Uh, With a 15, they get no harsh encounters, and they're going to move forward just five feet. They're going to take a bow shot, or sorry, a crossbow shot, rather, at Kolvik. And with a 15, it will miss. Bonham is going to do the same thing. Another shot at Kolvik. I'm sorry to pick on you, Kolvik, but you are the furthest target back. Uh, that's going to be a 20, which I think still misses you. Don't miss this. All right. Kolvik, it is then your turn. All right. Me and Meat Shield here are going to go ahead and dash ahead. Dash ahead with the Meat Shield. Let's go, Habonius. You're going to write your next novel yet. Three. A three. Uh, you got to crash through a stained glass window with a bump <laughs> on your back. Give me a... Give me <laughs> who, a has the, who hasn't been there? Who really? hasn't been there? Yeah. Give me a strength check. Strength? Okay. That's going to be already an 18 without modifier. Oh, yeah. More than enough. You crashed through the third stained glass window. Why there's so much stained glass on this bridge? No one has any idea. Lady Round. Liberty really... She knows no bounds. Right? She needs that stained glass. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. 
Hi, King Dolo. Uh, let's do this real quick. I'm going to have you guys all make me uh, just a straight up d20 roll. Melvin. Six. Kolvik. Five. Twenty. Twenty? Alright. Not quite enough. So we're going to have him dash. Uh, he got a twenty, so no encounter. Moves his ten feet forward. Roscoe, it's your turn. I'm just going to move my five feet. Alright. Uh, Melvin, up to you next. Huh? Interessante. Well, he's going to start risking levels of exhaustion. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, which Melvin is also there now. Melvin, I believe, has taken enough dash actions. Kolvik, I think you have one more before you start taking risks. I am going to cast Major Image between some of the pillars behind me to extend very tall wall barrier. That's redundant. Wall barrier? Unless it's <laughs> <laughs> like a... Well, never mind. Do you have a spell slot you can do that with? I thought you used your sixth level spell slot. No, I have... Um, I don't have to... The major image is the third level spell. If I cast it at a sixth level, then it would be permanent. But I don't have to do that. I can still just cast it at a third level, and it will disappear eventually. Um, and then the ability that makes it a real thing is just like an inherent ability for you? Yes. Okay. All right, so 5, 10, 15, 20 feet across on this bridge, and you can make it basically 20 by 20, right? That is correct. All right. What, what ability is that, the inherent one? I have something called uh, illusory reality, if I remember right. Hold on. He has the reality stone, basically. Illusory reality. When you cast an illusion spell of first level or higher, you can choose one inanimate, non-magical object that is part of the illusion and make that object real. You can do this on your turn as a bonus action while the spell is ongoing. The object remains real for one minute. For example, you can create an illusion of a bridge over a chasm and then make it real long enough for your allies to cross. That's crazy. The object can't deal damage or otherwise directly harm anyone. Alright. All right, so you are able to cast this wall behind you. So here's the fun part, is you can thank Kolvik for ending this scene short, because what should have happened in this particular situation is that the king, or sorry, the Duke of Gotham was a magic user and had a whole chock full of uh, spells, counterspell, ready to go to stop all of your illusions and all the rest of the shit that was going to become real. But, Kolvik stunned his ass, and he can't do shit from the ground as he's laying there twitching like he got tased. So there's now a 20-foot by 20-foot barricade between you and Bonham and Copeland, the only people that can actually move. So I personally, although it's been hilarious and fun, don't see a reason to continue this chase scene, because there's no way for them to pursue you guys. We win again! Invincible. Invincible! Can you grab the Duke with your... Grab a hand and throw him over the side of the bridge. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know if I... Hold on, wait. I don't know if I can, but I bet I know somebody who could. It might be Victor. Let me see here. Could it... Could it Could it be... Could it be... Could it be? Could it be? Is it? Is it? Maybe? Perchance? Well... Victor's magnificent fist? 
Victor's Magnificent Fist. Victor's Magnificent Fist. Victor's Magnificent Fist. I'm really running out of voices, man. A hundred episodes later or whatever it's been now, it's... Whew. Need to go take some voice acting classes. Victor's Magnificent Fist. Jazzy. Is that the Seinfeld? That was 90s Victor's Magnificent Fist. What's the deal with the Magnificent Fist? You got a Victor, you got a Magnificent Fist, it goes off the edge. Uh, I don't see anything in here and what it can pick up. Well, it's got like a strength of 28, if I recall. Yeah. Punch him off the side. <laughs> you want to make a punch at the Duke of Gotham and try and push him over the edge? It has a strength of 26 plus 8. So it's got like a strength of 34. Well, it's 26 plus 8's the modifier. Oh, I see. That's right. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't know. Can I push him off? What can I do? <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe Victor's Magnificent Fist has the shove option available. Let me... Is there a special thing for shove from the Magnificent Fist? Yeah, I can push. There's like a... I can push them. Tell me about that push. Uh, the hand attempts to push a creature within five feet of it in a direction I choose. Make a check with the hand's strength, contested by the strength of the target. The target is a medium or smaller. You have advantage. If you succeed, the hand pushes the target up to five feet, plus a number of feet equal to five times your spellcasting ability modifier. All right, so give me a... Give me a, give me a d20 roll with advantage. Something smells weird. What am I smelling? Were you just picking that up now? Ugh, is that a fart? Are you having a strunk? <laughs> <laughs> Do you smell penny? It smells like <laughs> rotten cabbage or something. Um. Anyway. Uh. Man, that fucking sucks. It's, it's nine and two. All right. So with a nine, you actually get a plus eight modifier. So that's seventeen. And I believe that a gigantic Victor's Magnificent Fist... Victor's Magnificent Fist? Victor? And his Magnificent Fist? Victor's Magnificent Fist is going to fist this duke right off the bridge. (laughs) The fist swoops down from the sky, appearing in the air in a twinkle of dazzling light, and fists the duke straight off the bridge into the oblivion below. The crown goes flying... And you see, as you are uh, watching a, a giant helicopter-like thing above you, lower down a rope, the High King Dolo grabs the rope with one hand, grabs Melvin with another hand. Wait, can he say, get to the chopper? No, the chopper's already there. I was right in the middle of a fucking monologue, man. Come on. Because here's the funny part. He grabs Kolvik with another hand, and then he grabs Roscoe with another hand. The joke is that he has four hands. That's what I was fucking leading up to. That's awesome. There was four fucking hands, mm-hmm. and you cut me off right in the middle of the fucking four hands. You should still say, get to the chopper. <laughs> Fine, he says, get to the fucking chopper. <laughs> and as he grabs onto the rope that is lowered from the chopper, and you fly up above, you see the Duke of Gotham's cape, his red velvet stained and gross cape that used to represent something like royalty fluttering out across the ravine that is the bridge below and you are all pulled up to safety does it get like punched in the taint off off the bridge i mean yeah it was a fisting yeah it was only a six level fisting Mm -hmm. but it was a strong enough fisting nonetheless push him off the edge king dollar says it looks like 
He should have armed himself better. Oh! Oh, man. That, we got to do that. We got to do an action movie one. Like Predator or something like that. There's got to be a good one we can do with that. Mm-hmm. Rambo. Intermediate blood. Or s- Rand- Rambo. Final fisting. <laughs> <laughs> the last fisting. <laughs> First fist. Chuck noise. <laughs> the final fisting. Mm. So you guys are pulled to safety off of the field of combat. Yes. It is a short time later in this uh, stunning, sleek, futuristic vehicle uh, that Melvin, Kolvik, Roscoe, and Habonius Vern, because uh, I'd imagine he'd be unstunned oh, by totally now. He'd totally be unstunned by now. Uh, Who grabbed him? I did. Kolvik's he was on my back. I was holding oh. him while he was holding me. Kolvik's been carrying him this whole time. Now you have a new hobo slave. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. You can't say that. <laughs> I can't. He just did. I take it all back then. Do you though? You have a new hobo willing worker. Potentially. That you won't pay. Voluntary. <laughs> it's an internship. A wonderful opportunity to gain experience mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a very good adventuring team. So now you have a new... Coconut holder, which he holds behind me. Oh, nice. Ooh, good good clop. That was really good. Because you have the big... Meat hands. <laughs> meat hands. Look at those canned hams. Remember when Joe organized used to say that? About Brock Lesnar? Look at those canned hams. My favorite term for hands has always been dick beaters. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the fucking dick beaters on that guy. Why don't you shut your cock holster? <laughs> we fast forward through a lot of cheers, a lot of huzzas, a lot of all kinds of other fun stuff as the, the four of you are celebrated for your victory. Habonius really has barely any clue what's going on, but, you know, they're happy to be part of the celebration. Somebody puts a drink in their hand, as all of yours, and there's a lot of like, oh, yeah, that was totally down there helping these guys. Mm -hmm. I'd like to convince Habonius, like, saying, just to be my patsy, I would like him to hold Laiduna and all my extra gear and just kind of follow us on our adventure. You don't even know this hobo, and you're just... Handing over, like, this could be a murdering hobo that you don't even know. Is he even coherent? Yeah. I should find out. I, I feel like at this point, we've gone through, tonight alone, like a hundred different episode titles, but you don't even know this hobo. <laughs> right up there with the best of them. I don't know what I'm going to be able to pick out of this. Well, I, I feel like, with a name like Habonius Varen, he was, like in A Knight's Tale, just a lost poet. Really needing someone to follow. Naked, afraid. So you think he's a poet? A poet looking for his notebook. His name is Albonius Fern. I don't know what else he can be. Just judge people based on their names. Uh-huh. I don't all... think you should take him with us. Okay, so... Can we push him on an airlock? So I feel like this is <laughs> destiny, right? So, alright, if you if nobody else has heard of this before, there's a thing called whothefuckismydndcharacter.com And what it randomly does is it rolls... Sort of like a 
the the core concept for a character. It doesn't give you stats or any of the rest of that stuff. It just gives you a, a core concept. The character that it randomly generated, and I shit you not, you guys can come around and check my work without me touching the screen. It says, I'm going to roll the stats for a fucking unstable half-orc barbarian from a destroyed city who has a poem for all occasions. <laughs> Habonius Vern is an unstable half-orc barbarian from a destroyed city who has a poem for all occasions. That's the character that you've got. That's Habonius Vern. Thank you to Ryan, by the way, who made the website who the fuck is my DD wow. character.com. I guess we do know this hobo. We do know who this hobo. And he, uh, I feel like once he sobers up, he writes an eloquent poem about how we saved him. You guys, and not only him, but the forearm monstrosity that he had no clue what was going on. Did you just say an eloquent poem? Yes. Okay. An elephant poem. An elephant poem. Elephant poem? An elephant poem. An eloquent poem. And though it makes no sense to you at the time, Habonius comes over and wraps an armor on your shoulder, Kolvik. And, uh, and it's like, because you've been trying to convince this, this person, this half-orc barbarian, to like follow you around and, I don't know, be basically your bard. And he, he leans over and whispers in your ear, there once was a girl from Dakota who had a letter from Ike's. He wrote her, in addition to gas, we're now rationing ass, and you've greatly exceeded your quota. This guy's name is Habonius Chaucer Vern. Habonius Chaucer Vern. Chaucer Vern. I need to hook this guy up with Todd. This guy can probably do some poems with that loot playing crazy man. That was his name, right? Todd? Todd? Yeah. Who the fuck is Todd? I, I, I just wondered that too. I'm like, I don't remember anything. Sure, Todd. Uh, no, Todd. Todd. He sounds like a real jerk. You know, Todd sucks. I know a pretty awesome Todd. Yeah, you've said that before. I Who still is that? don't know if I believe it. He's high <laughs> as fuck all the time, and he's <laughs> funny right. as hell. Who is first Matt, season. you know who I'm talking about. Miat. Miat. That was a reference for one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Miat knows who Todd is, and tell Todd he's awesome. In fact, I'll tell Todd he's awesome when I see you're him in two weeks. You're saying we had a Todd? First, second season. Loot player. Are we still in our first season? Jesus fuck, why can't I can remember this guy's name? Uh, I know who you're episodes. talking about, the loot player, the sad loot player. Sad loot player. And you feel, you in fact wrote a song for the early episodes I called did. Sad Loot. Uh-huh. Tim? Um, oh man, I found that he played at the Hugging Squirrels. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> Listen to our podcast. Tell me, what are these characters we've created? Chuck. Chuck? Rod. Rod. You're damn Todd. close with uh, Todd. Rod. Man, it's been two years since we've seen Rod. Mm-hmm. The other Flanders child. Oh. Hanging out with <laughs> You can introduce Habonius Chaucer Vern to Rod. Next time we point. see him, but until then, I got a half-foot poet. Fucking carrying him around. Hanging around. Excellent. So, the last thing that's going to happen to you guys before you are returned to your world is Prince Dolo gives Kolvik a red smoky glass shard, very similar to the one that you guys saw smashed all that time ago in your bathroom floor. The prince explains to Kolvik that he is Sir no longer. He is now a landed man, Kolvik Darkseed, Earl of Dolo. Should he ever tire of his mundane life, Prince Dolo says, he need only smash the glass prism to be taken to his earldom and resume the warrior's life among the stars. In addition, Sir Melvin and Sir Toscobble 
as requested, are now knighted and are issued to Earl Darkseed as knights in his earldom. I think I'm getting most of those terms right. So I can no longer, once this mirror is smashed, come back to the plane of man. Half oh, orc, I mean, or whatever. Who I'd knows how that's stars. all going to work out. You just know that if you smash this thing, that that's where you're going to end up. In the earldom. In the earldom. That is very cool. And I appreciate that. I would say thank you so much. That's what I appreciate about you, That's Dolo. what I appreciate about you. You uh, follow throughs on your promises. And then, as the scene fades to black with Kolvik grasping this smoky glass shard and giving a, a very Jeremiah Johnson smile at the camera, we cut back to a swooping, panning shot of the thinker contemplating a bean in a glass of water. And I think, since Roscoe was the one that actually gave him the bean, Roscoe's going to be the one that gets to roll for the effect. Oh, boy. Oh, he takes yes. the bean, tosses it in his mouth after a quick shrug. Yeah, D20 roll. <laughs> Come on, Pyramid. D20? Oh, I'm sorry. It was D100. You're right. Uh, 86. 86. Oh. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> You know what, though? We've done this one before. Give me a different roll. Yes! 76? 76. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Um, so, it takes a little while. There's a bit of a rumble in his, uh, in his tummy as he's expectantly looking around, waiting for his pyramid to appear. Bursting forth from the thinker's stomach from where this bean has planted and taken root inside of his body, a gigantic fruit tree bursts forward. <laughs> <laughs> it grows up to about 30 feet tall, and it has upon it 21 fruits. <laughs> <laughs> the tree grows up long enough to certainly kill the thinker and have all these fruits grow. And, like is, it uh, going, is it growing straight out? Like, straight out of his stomach. Oh, like, not up, but not like... Not out of his mouth, just like... Oh, like alien style. No, no. You know what's got to happen here is he's sitting upright and this tree, well, it goes the directions it would naturally grow and it goes out of his mouth and roots down into the ground out of the beehole. Oh. And no, the I thinker is split apart by this tree that grows a bunch of magical fruit, which has several fruit that actually have magical capabilities and several people from the plains eat of the tree and have a variety of magical effects to be determined in a different episode some future day happen to them. Oh, I feel bad for the thinker, but feel good for all those other townsfolk. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at a minimum, they got to eat. Free food. Fruit. Food. Uh -huh. <laughs> food. <laughs> ah, food. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, not magical. a whole lot's changed in that environment. I mean, Duke guy died who thought he was king, and this guy grew a tree out, but everybody else is still hobo, and... Still trash everywhere. What, what did you want us to do? Go in and change the socioeconomic status of the lower caste of society there on that planet, or or what? Something. Okay. No. No, I did. I really. Belinda gets a magic fruit. <laughs> Belinda gets a magic fruit. Let's say let's say Belinda does get a magic fruit. I think that planet needs more jobs in manufacturing. I do. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem with this planet. Nobody makes anything anymore. <laughs> Clean, efficient coal. <laughs> All right, so... Yay. Let's, wait, 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 wait. We got one more thing to determine. 
we have to determine we have to determine a potion that Belinda drinks. We'll do one. We'll determine hers. I just got to find the right page in ye oldie book here. Um, who, who said Belinda? Uh, Melvin, you said Belinda first. Why don't you roll me? I don't think I did. Did you? Roll. Well, fucking it's, it's fine. F and a cot. Seven. You rolled a seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Belinda drinks, without knowing it until it actually happens, a potion of gaseous form. When you drink this potion, you gain the effect of the gaseous form spell for one hour, no concentration required. Until you end the effect as a bonus action. But of course, she doesn't fucking know how to do that, because she had no idea how this was going to happen. So, Belinda drinks, or sorry, rather, she eats a fruit of the tree and immediately turns into a fart cloud. <laughs> and remains that way for an hour. Having no fucking clue why or what happened, <laughs> drifts about on the wind. Does she poop gold? Uh, no, she does not poop gold. Oh. She just is a fart. What a worthless fart cloud. What the fuck? <laughs> Can you even imagine <laughs> turning into a fart cloud <laughs> for an hour and then just popping back? I think it smells really bad afterwards. Like, I, f I feel like after an hour, like, you're starting to accept that this is life now, and then all of a sudden you're Belinda again. It's true. I think... You can get used to anything, right? Mm-hmm. Might as well get used to being a fart cloud. Oh, why wouldn't you? I mean, what else are you going to do? Welcome, fans. VGAT back. How the heck are you? I personally am a little tired, out of beer, but otherwise dandy. Some super solid news today. We got the following review from Badger CCCCCC. I've been a listener for a long time, but only just recently downloaded iTunes so I can give them a review. They are hilarious. Sometimes the gameplay takes a backseat to the humor, but it makes the game feel more natural and reminds me of what it is like to play with my friends. I highly recommend taking a listen. Even if you don't play D&D yourself, it's very easy to get engrossed by the story and characters. Well, thanks for those kind words, Badger CCCCCC. We're all mighty grateful to hear them. In completely unrelated news, I recently mentioned that I'll be joining the Chaotic Goodness podcast doing a short guest spot. That gets rolling on October 7th with episode 76 from them, though there is a brief introduction to my character at the tail end of 75. What I would suggest doing, though, is starting with episode 74, called The Cat Came Back, which is out now and features Bianca Zelda from the Broadswords, and also just happens to be the start of season 3 for Chaotic Goodness. I mean, you could start all the way at the beginning and plow through them all, but then you'd have to wait oh so long to hear me. So listen to those episodes first, then go back to the start and start at the beginning, and then you'll know you'll have some amazing guest spots to look forward to again as you make it all the way through. And you know what, friends? That is all the sober time I have for you this week. Let's get back into the action. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have leveled up again. Level 18 for anybody keeping track, and we may or may not have missed some along the way, but 18 is where we're at now. Who wants to start? Who wants to tell me about their level? Invincible 18. Colvic Darkseed here. Hey. Okay. Um, so with this level, DM rolled me a 8 
to my hit points added to my constitution, so that's a plus 10 to HP. And then for special skills, I get my channel divinity one extra time a day, so that goes up to three times a day. And then we, at this time, got a list of items that we can buy in the shop that we are at in Puyo Puyo. And this, I received Animantian Scale Mail. That's any creature is critical, can only hit as a normal hit instead of a critical. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, potion of Growth, got four of those. A Potion of Heroism, got two of those. And then a Wand of Fear, Javelin of Lightning, a Anima... Um, I already said that one. An enema. An, I got an enema. <laughs> Magical enema. <laughs> Cleans the colon for life. Once a month you get an enema out of just randomly. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to need you to roll a d20. Oh, no. No. Do uh, potions work better if you butt chug them, you think? Oh, maybe the fa faster? I feel like... No. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, how do we know unless we try? I mean, I just well, it wouldn't work at all for you. They would just you'd just be pouring them out in a space in the third dimension. I guess it depends on how far you know up the colon I have my dimensional door. I guess times one point five for butt, butt chugging. <laughs> More intense. I think. What, trying to do that during combat. <laughs> the monsters will stop. You're like, <laughs> you're like running, trying to get a potion in your ass. Like, <laughs> Go and you glow giant. Could you, could you imagine? Like, so you're walking down the, the road and the three bandits jump out of the woods and they're like, ha ha, we have you surrounded. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> Pop the cork off. <laughs> or you guys are all doing each other. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd probably work way easier. <laughs> It takes two actions unless you help your friend. It's only one. Potion me up, Kolvik. <laughs> but we have to be like all together, the Triforce. <laughs> now that's an anime scene I'd love to see played out. Like the Tri she, split on the screen. She, she. And then finally, I have a bag of devouring, which pretty much, as I'm told, is a bag that has a creature inside of it from another dimension that pretty much eats whatever gets into it. And then you have a 50% chance of whatever is in there getting pretty much sucked in. This bag superficially resembles a bag of holding, but is a feeding orifice for a gigantic extra-dimensional creature. Turning the bag inside out, by the way, closes the orifice. The extra-dimensional creature attached to the bag can sense whatever is placed inside the bag. Animal or vegetable matter placed in wholly, sorry, placed wholly in the bag is devoured and lost forever. You guys are all animal material, by the way. What uh, What about something dragon-wise or giant, or does it have to specifically say animal in the description? I mean, I'm assuming that just means organic matter. Okay. When part of a creature is placed in the bag, as happens when someone reaches inside of it, there is a 50% chance that the creature is pulled inside the bag. A creature inside the bag can use its action to try and escape with a successful DC-15 strength check. Otherwise, you are left to digest slowly and painfully over a thousand years in the pit of Sarlacc. Not really. Another creature can use its action to reach into the bag to pull a creature out, doing so with a successful DC 20 strength check, oh. provided the bag isn't pulled, uh, provided it isn't pulled inside the bag first. 
And a creature that starts its turn inside the bag is devoured, its body destroyed. So, yeah. You can store inanimate objects in the bag. Uh, however, once a day, the bag swallows any objects inside it and spits them out into another plane of existence. So, yeah, that's... Uh, Ooh, also, if the bag is pierced or torn, it is destroyed. Can you imagine having your extra-dimensional orifice torn? Oh. <laughs> Gross. Is that a... Might happen if, say, you had an extra-dimensional butthole and tried butt-chugging something. <laughs> is that an interdimensional anal fissure? Ew. 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 That's one of the most ew things that we've said, I think, in this podcast. Anal fissure? Extra-dimensional anal fissure. A moist interdimensional <laughs> anal fissure. Doubling down. <laughs> and that... get one through a microscope. It's my turn. Excellent. Who's going next? I'll go. Right. Pretty easy. Uh, the DM rolled me an eight for my hit points. And to that, I added my two for my constitution modifier for a ten. Uh, the skill I gained was elusive, which uh, I am so evasive that attackers rarely gain the upper hand against me. No attack roll has the advantage against me while I am not incapacitated. Ooh. Which is pretty good. Uh, we got some items, like Kovic said. And my items are a bag of tricks, which allows me to pull a fuzzy object out of a bag. And it turns into an animal that I can command. Those animals, the possibilities are... Should I leave that alone? <laughs> <laughs> Pull a beaver out of there. Jackal, ape, baboon, axe beak, black bear, giant weasel, giant hyena, and a tiger. Cool. Wow. Uh, decanter of endless water. So a squirt bottle. Got another one of those, yeah? Yep. All kinds of mischief I can get up to there. We'll go all with my bag of beans. Uh, helmless. Uh, helmless? <laughs> I used to be helmless. Now I have a helm of teleportation, which allows me to teleport. A horn of blasting, which makes a loud sound with lightning damage. Qual's feather token, which makes a tree. I did not know that was a one-time use item, but apparently it is. Uh, javelin of lightning. Wand of fear, which scares people. Uh, Eye of charming, which are some really sweet Ray-Bans that make people fall in love with me. <laughs> and a potion of fire breath, which allows me to breathe fire like a dragon. And that's the way the news goes. Melvin, we put off your level as long as possible. But here we are, at the end of this dirt road. Level 18. I actually, Ooh, I actually rolled for my HP this time. Got a 5. Got 7 to my HP. With level 18, I get some pretty nifty abilities here. Spell Mastery. Which basically lets me cast uh, a level 1 or a level 2 spell of my choosing. Uh, for no spell point cost, no spell slot cost. And for those two spells, I'm going to pick Shield and Misty Step. Shield is the one that's a reaction, lets you bump up your AC, right? Yep, plus five to AC on, uh, on a hit. Kaboom. And Misty Step is pretty sweet, it allows me to pretty much teleport 30 feet. Thought those would be pretty good, uh, pretty good selections. For my items, I got a lot of shit. I also got Eyes of Charming, even though my eyes are already charming. <laughs> I hey. have also a Horn of Blasting. I picked up a Manual of Quickness to help me improve my dexterity. A Potion of Fire Breath times four. A Ring of Free Action. 
a robe of eyes. Let me pull up this robe of eyes here. The robe is adorned with eye-like patterns. I gain the following benefits. I can see in all directions and have advantage on wisdom perception checks. Dark vision out to 120 feet, and I can see invisible creatures and objects as well as in, into the ethereal plane out to a range of 120 feet. I don't know what that's going to do, but it sounds pretty sweet. It sounds distracting. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Like you're just trying to read a fucking book and there's all this gobbledygook going on in the ethereal plane <laughs> fucking around with you. Like what happens out there that I could, could or could not see? Fucking, you're going to be able to see the brain fuckler finally. Nice. I also picked up a wand of fear, like Roscoe, and I have a potion of heroism, like Kulvik, and I also picked up a cap of water breathing, which... Good, I was hoping to get that. Neat. Will allow me to breathe underwater. I don't know if I'm going to need that, but hey. You know, I mean... Better safe. Better safe than sorry. Better to have it and not need it. Right. Then need it and not have it. And that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's me. So we're back into normal storyline mode here. And I figured a, a convenient thing to do would be to have you guys all take a trip to Yasya. Yasya can. Wow. All right, well, that's the end of your leveling and shopping excursion. I really wish that we had some component of visual medium sometimes, because I would really love to have a shopping montage of you guys going through the magic store. Maybe some zany, hilarious, hilarious scenes in there where you pull out, like, the bag of tricks, or Colvick getting his arm stuck in the, de- the bag of devouring, and you guys all having to pull it off him or whatever. Anyway. Butt-chugging a potion. Butt-chugging potions. It works faster. And then the shopkeeper, no, 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 no. But he doesn't get there in time. The shopkeeper does, puts his hands on his hips and scowls. And, <laughs> and then points to a sign, no butt-chugging potions. <laughs> <laughs> that V got. Mm. It's like they knew you were coming. Cut it out. From here, you made your way out to the edge of going to say the edge of civilization. I guess that's actually fairly appropriate so far as this area goes. You made your way out to the edge of Periprio. Would you say we're edging? Edging towards the story. That's what I meant. <laughs> and I suppose, really, I should ask you guys, did you have anything else you wanted to, uh, to take care of or do before you left this area? I mean, you never officially signed on to the, the property, and you never really officially had much to do with uh, Chad or Mitch afterwards, but from the sounds of things, you guys were kind of done with uh, done with the area and whatnot. You didn't really have anything yeah. else you wanted to take care of here. But I feel dirty being in this town. This area really yeah. still still begrudgingly taking this money and spending it. Spending his dirty, dirty spending money. Spending his dirty, dirty money of dirtiness. Dirty lich taint money. Yeah, his dirty, rotten, nasty money. Gosh, undead money spends. But I did it. I got rid of this money as quick as I could. You guys did blow a lot of that money. How much did you actually spend, by the way? We spent a grand total of 103,019 gold pieces. Damn! We were dropping fliff like a sultan. You blew all of the money you made off of that, and then some. 
Yep. And with that, I was ready to head out. I'm ready to go. All right. Roscoe, you got anything else you want to do in town here? I don't think so. Yeah. Melvin, feeling okay. good? You don't want to look for a whore or anything like that? No. No? I'm kind of done with this town. We've been here for what seems like months. Okay. Um, what about Mitch? Do we want to say goodbye to Mitch at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and do I, is my new little companion coming? Your new little companion? Yeah, I had a, I had a, a lackey coming with me now from... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how are we going to play that out? And what was the fucking name? How did I forget it already? It was, um, Vern, humor, uh, Hoboist, Habonius Vern. Habonius. Hobonius. Hobonius Vern. Vern. That's right. Jesus. How did I forget Mm -hmm. such a distinct and very memorable name? Right. Hobonius Vern. Yeah. I got to make sure this guy is coming along. Coming. Does he have a red shirt on by any chance? He does. And for for story's sake and not having to give him any stats, I'm going to say he doesn't attack. He's very much of a pacifist. And so... Oh, yeah, that's right. Where did you guys come across him again? Was he just on the... He was just on the bridge. On the bridge. I used him as a tripping device. (laughs) And then you felt bad and you picked him up and carried him. Yeah. God. And so I'm going to feel like he's a pacifist. And he doesn't really... He doesn't feel in battle. He doesn't feel pain? He doesn't. He feels he's pain, don't worry. He's a, oh. He'll make a good human shield. <laughs> but he's just there as my lackey. Okay. For lackey. now. Is he a coward or just a pacifist? Is there a difference? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what, actually, I'm going to scratch all that. I feel bad. I might actually leave him in um, Yasia. You're going to leave him in Yasia? Yeah. You're just going to... I don't... I don't think they want hobos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got a spare change? Did we got this guy up on the, like the... I uh, picked him up on the bridge. Oh. It's so, yeah. It was, a, it was like a weird forgettable moment in the heat of battle, but then all of a sudden it's it's all coming back to I me know. It's a, he's a... Yeah. So, and if we're going to... Yeah, the God, yeah. they're like, uh, we just fixed our homeless problem. <laughs> so Should we hose them down? Sorry, we're at capacity here in Yasia. <sighs> Oh my god, we're Fair. treading such dangerous waters here. We should hose him down with the endless decanter. Give him a bath? I feel like you guys bathed him. I feel like he he would have bathed he himself did a, We did a, point. a cleaning montage on him. Oh, weird. What do you mean, we? <laughs> <laughs> I did a sensual cleaning montage on No, him. it's all three of you, and there it was a banjo music cleaning montage. That he was slipping and sliding away from you. I feel like foreigners, I want to know what Love Is was playing during that montage. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what it is. He's trying. He's trying to like get this one spot on his back with one of those brush sticks. And Culver comes up and just wraps his hand around. I want you to know. That's not what happened. It's not what happened. A weird pottery mold shows up out of nowhere. He just starts molding it. Yeah. No, he's with me. I feel like I need to conclude it where he just stays in Yossi. I don't need him following us around. Okay. Mucking up things. Yeah, I mean, I can never remember that you guys have fucking animal companions, and neither can you guys, so I don't know if we'd remember a human being any better. Yeah, I don't know where my horse is right now. <laughs> Lenny the Lenny dick. Lenny the dick. Or my dog. Starfish. You know, Starfish and Larduna have been with you guys this whole time. I just haven't allowed them to be active combatants because you guys are already too powerful but also you guys completely forget that you have 
Well, Colvick's actually been pretty good about it. He's brought up Larduna here and there. I think we come back to the horror of starfish has eaten Larduna. Whoa. Dark. Yeah, that's dark as fuck. You know what's great about this bag of tricks? I have entirely disposable animal companions. I'll use one right now. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are just on the streets of Periprio, having walked out of the magic shop, and you're just going to throw a fuzzball on the ground. Poof, jackal. (laughs) (laughs) And then what? No, it's mine. It's my traveling companion. You just have a jackal? Mm -hmm. It lasts forever? Until it's dead. No, you get into like sundown or some shit, don't you? All right. Take a look. So we cleaned up Havonius. I'm actually going to ask him, Havonius. Look at this town. Would you like to stay here or come with us? Ooh, what does is, what is Habonius want to do? And we're in Priprio? You are currently in Priprio. Heading to Yasia. Yeah, uh, well, you guys are, yeah, you're going to you're gonna have to get out of the magic, anti-magic sort of field and get back to Redain. So, what does Habonius want to do? Habonius does not like this town. Uh, with a three on my d20 roll, I feel like that's just... He's looking around, and he's like, I'm not a fan of this town. What a big sigh. <sighs> I would like right. you to deposit me somewhere else. All Come right. with us. To interject, my jackal, which I'm calling One Day Steve, <laughs> <laughs> lasts until it's either dead or until the dawn of the next day. Okay. All right. How long will it take us to get out of this magic field? Um... Oh, yeah, that's right. I probably should have clarified about this. I feel like Mitch would have given you guys one more little magic uh, stick so you can get it. You can get out to Redain, like, basically momentarily. Thank you, Mitch. These little magic sticks. I wish this magic store had some of those magic sticks. Would have been nice. Yeah, they're an excellent and convenient plot device for... You know, I feel like if this was a regular D&D, like just a plain-ass D&D game and we were making a new podcast, I would make you guys do more of the traveling and shit like that, but it's like... No fast traveling? <laughs> fast traveling disabled. Fast traveling disabled in a regular game, but right now, fuck it, man. Nobody wants to, like... What's the, the like, the classic Western traveling? Do-do-do-do-do-do. What kind of masochist would disable fast traveling? I mean, I think there's people out there... That, I think there's plenty of people out there that do it. They're probably also whipping themselves. Or they got one of those things from, was it Angels and Demons? That one Dan Brown book where the guy had the thing on his leg that was like one of those choke collars for dogs. That was a fucked up scene, man. Anywho. Anywho, like you said. Anywho. You guys, uh, you're done with Periprio. You uh, kick the dust off your shoes and head on down the dusty trail through your one-time use magical portal. Mitch and... I don't know, I'm assuming you would have made at least one or two other friends in town by this point are all waving as you go through the portal and then the sight of them is instantly cut off as the portal closes. And there you are in Redain. And yeah, you'd probably, uh, you know, send a you up text to Exude. You go to the last stop, which is the bar in Redain. You find your PhD buddy, your PhD in literary buddy behind the bar. I always fucking forget his name. It's like Xavier, Tom, Philip. <laughs> Why can't I fucking remember that guy's name? I feel like it's Kenny. Because he wasn't that important. I mean, I feel like he really contributed to your stay in this town. I'm really feeling like a shit DM. Uh, do, do. That was the hard Was it Phil? Push. I probably 
thought I was going to be more than that. Pretty disappointed in my achievements here. It's like you, like you squeezed your colon just to get the last bit of remaining air out. Not the vacuum in there. Airtight. It is weird to think of buttholes as being airtight and watertight. Yeah, you just get this big old hole in your body. Amazingly. Nothing can get out or in without you thinking about it. It has much better durability than your Toyota. Those seals. <laughs> Honda. Honda. Those are but yeah, point like taken. Crazy. Honda. Less durable than a butthole. <laughs> well, that's a... That's a tagline. Genghis. Genghis. Genghis, a massive orc missing his right hand. And you make your way back to Redane. You're at the last stop. Genghis, your favorite old bartender, is there waving his remaining left hand. <laughs> and you all saddle up to the bar, send out the you up text to Exude, let her know where you are, and have a great fart right at the bar there. <laughs> <laughs> Genghis was impressed. Oh, <laughs> this one's on me. As he slides an ale to you. Yeah. Round of farts, please. <laughs> Uh, let's have let's have one other quick roll here. Ooh, that's a six. So unfortunately, Habonius, not really a big fan of Redain either. Uh, this guy's getting annoying. We're gonna need to take me somewhere else. I don't like it here. Okay, let's go look at the alley behind the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Can you look into this bag for a second? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna feed Habonius to the pack of devouring? Put your hand in here. Yeah. Put handy. There's a gold piece in there. It's for you. There's a candle in there. Oh, I like how what your is creeper that? has a Boston accent. <laughs> As they all do. Uh, you know, even though I am originally from Wisconsin, which is home to more serial killers per capita than almost anywhere else, for some reason Boston. Seems like the place where you'd have... It seems like the place where somebody who, like, casually murders people for fun would be. Not because of, like, long-standing daddy or mommy issues, but just, They're like... general assholery. Yeah, just... <laughs> I hey, fuck I'm you! Yeah, I'm gonna kill someone today. Just feels right. I was sitting at a fucking bus stop having a cigarette outside of an airport one time. And I'm just minding my own business, smoking a cigarette, and these two guys from Boston come in. I don't even fucking remember where I was. I just know I was at a bus stop outside of an airport. And these two guys come up, and they're having what, like, would normally be a mundane conversation about, like, expense reports and receipts and, like, dealing with the finance department. But it, like, got Bostonified. And they were like, you fucking tell Carla, you fucking tell her, if she wants you, you, oh, fucking, if you tell her she needs a receipt for that, you tell her to go fuck herself. <laughs> that, was, that was really good. I swear to God, if she fucks with you on that again, you fucking call me. I will go in there, and I will fuck her shit right up. <laughs> That's a Matt Damon in like a beautiful mind. No, it was in Beautiful Mind, was it? No, sure. it was. Uh, always Matt Damon in. You like apples? You like, How do you apples? like them apples? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, you, that was total Goodwill Hunting. That was good. Yeah, I mean, it was it was the most bizarre. And it like went back and forth a couple times like that. Like, she's always on my ass about those fucking receipts. Like, it was just. It was crazy, and I just sat there, like, trying my best not to laugh super hard, because then if I talked, I'd be like, Howdy, y'all, I'm from the Midwest. Like, because <laughs> like, you know we sound like absolute morons yep, to them. Sounds about right. Just like they do to us. <laughs> no, they sound like friendly psycho killers to us. Mm -hmm. Not really. 
<laughs> you should ask them if they remember. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Farm remembers. Petra Farm remembers everything. Yeah, that was a priceless moment in my history. Want a Robin Ahmed car? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe go to the harbor? I feel like that needs... There needs to be, like, the most Bostonian phrase ever, and that's the start of it. We're going to rob an Ahmed car, dump it in the harbor. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. We have not done any D&D tonight whatsoever. Uh, well, we did do... We at least did the leveling up, and we did... <laughs> We did the items. And what we're trying to do is... we're Yeah, we're debating murdering Hobonius. Yeah. No, we're not. Kulvik, is, Kulvik is giving it serious consideration. I, I think... He, why? He's, he's refused two towns. Like, we're being nice to him. And we'll continue right. being nice with him. He it may, he might be in a better place if he goes into the Bag of Devouring. Yeah. That could be, like, the teddy dimension. Oh, as we know, yep. I've never examined it myself, but I don't believe so. <laughs> well, let's tell him, like, we don't, don't know for sure, but it could be. No, he's coming with me. I have a plan to drop him off at Yasia if need be. I don't think we should be dropping hobos off. And he's not. I mean, what makes he? Not, he His will name have, is Habonius. Yeah, but he will have a home. <laughs> what makes a hobo a hobo? His name, for starters. <laughs> Technically, what makes a hobo a hobo is that they're a voluntarily homeless traveling worker. Okay. His name is literally Latin for hobo. <laughs> <laughs> Hobonius erectus. I'm just saying I don't think we should bring Hob- Hobonius with us and then just drop him off with well, the gods. I don't think that we're, well, we're going to ingratiate I mean, ourselves. Are we talking to Exute before we head off? Because we did ask Exute if she was up. And the result I was... Say we, I say we leave Hobonius here and then... I'll ask if he's here when we get back, I say then we deal with this. I can no. take him out behind the bar. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask Exude if they want. If not, he'll, we can leave him here. And, well, you don't care. To clarify, just so that all of you know and can use the terms appropriately, a hobo is a migrant worker or homeless vagrant, especially one who is impoverished. The term originated in the western, probably northwestern, United States around 1890. Unlike Tramp, who only works when forced to, and a bum who does not work at all, a hobo is a traveling worker. Thank you, Wikipedia. Hey, Habonius, uh, what are you good at? So maybe Habonius uh, is looking for... Maybe Habonius is looking for work. Does he have a trade? Ooh, what would... What would a hobo from another planet be good at? I feel like hobos would be like carpenters. Roofers. If anything, he can maybe like be general a general laborers. But. Yeah, maybe he can do uh, some work around this place. <laughs> <laughs> what did you find? Can anybody guess what a gong farmer is? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <Nope. laughs> Just wait, because it's a person who cleans outhouses. <laughs> A gong, <laughs> gong farmer. <laughs> what are the gong farmers? Fucking no. It's weird. <laughs> I just looked up like medieval jobs just to see. <laughs> There's also a cordwainer, which I thought was a funny name, but gong farmer is certainly the best. So Abonius Vern, the gong farmer, as a traveling worker. But he was also a poet. He was also a poet, yes. No, I want him to go to Yasia. I want him to clean the gods' houses and make poems about us to the gods. No, he he writes his poems on the inside of the outhouses. 
is a traveling urinal or sorry, outhouse cleaning wall. What, uh, what the fuck would you call that? Uh, vandal poet. I like a, a rack and turd. <laughs> Whoa! Do you, uh, Man, you fucking—that was a slam dunk right there. To try to satisfy my compatriots' needs to not carry this guy around, I'm going to ask him, Bonius, do you feel like just traveling the lands and working your magic on the outhouses of Redain and Propria? Uh, let's see what he thinks about that. Um, let's, uh... No. <laughs> <laughs> he does. That, uh, with a 12, I was just going for 50-50 on that one. Hey! Habonius Vern, and that, you know, and that's probably why he was rejecting all these things, because you were like, Habonius, do you want to live here? And he's like, no! (laughs) (laughs) How about over here? Do you want to live here permanently for the rest of your life? No! But you never bothered to ask the real pressing question. Habonius, do you want to live nowhere? Do you want to just wander across all of the God's creation and clean outhouses and carve poetry into them about, about us so he is uh he is amenable to wandering about these lands although god this is a terrible spot for it because there's really just this one crappy little town <laughs> but you know what he's faced worse he lived in the wastelands of that I'm last excited world to see where he ends up he's an adventurer all right sounds good habonius Vern. Starts, you know, wandering away from you guys and checks in with Genghis the bartender and asks if there's a a stall to be cleaned. And uh, Genghis is like, why, yes, we do have an outhouse right around back. You can clean it. And Habonius turns back to you guys and pulls out a little dagger and... A little wink. And it gives you a wink. Ding. Okay. A dagger to carve the poem in the wall of the outhouse. I realized that had almost like a weirdly sinister... (laughs) What do you think his poem says? Carving knife, specifically. (laughs) I should have said that. Oh, man. You know, so there was a time in my life where I made the decision to get rid of the two, like, 300-page novel-sized volumes of limericks that I used to have. And I feel like that was a real missed opportunity for this this moment right here. Oh, I know it. He was the originator of... He who writes upon these walls rolls his shit into little balls. He who reads these words of wit eats those little balls of shit. <laughs> Long live Viget. Here I sit all broken hearted, paid to shit but only farted. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with this website? So I just looked up... Oh, also it's family friend poems for what the fuck ever reason. I went to this website and it's about... It's a thing of limp... Episode 104, You Don't Even Know This Hobo, was released on September 29th, 2019.
It's going to feel like no time at all has passed before you get to hear another episode of... Vegan. 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 The Very Good Adventuring Team. Well, guess uh, what? I got something you can't hit me with critical roles anymore. Suck it. Suck it. Suck it, DM. <laughs> you piece of shit. I mean, if you guys want me shit. to try and kill you.